Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, Pastor Jeff Woodward here from Metro Church with another one of these amazing services that we call My Story. I think they've got to be one of my personal favourites. I know they're the favourite of so many of you as well. Uh, just getting an insight into someone's life and what God has been doing and what God is doing in their life, I think is always pretty amazing. But look, just before I introduce my guest to you and we start hearing some of what I think has been a fascinating journey of the Holy Spirit in his life, I want to just take a moment to honour all of you for your giving. Uh, we never want to have a service here at Metro where we don't really take a moment, pause, and first of all, be grateful to God. You know, God has given all of us so much. We live in a great place. We see God do so many wonderful things in our life and for us. And I guess for me, partly giving is a recognition of saying, God, look what you've done for me. Mm. I'm so glad to be able to give back to you. I know for me and for my family, giving has been one of the greatest joys we've ever known. It's just a blessing to be able to be a blessing. So let me pray over your giving, no matter how it is you're giving it. I'm sure for almost all of us, it's electronic. I get that. And yet before it ever came from the bank, it came from our heart. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for all that you are doing and all you've empowered us to do, all the people that get helped and the people of some in countries a long, long way away from here. And yet, God, you have allowed us to partner with others, the churches in India, the people in Albania, those in Cambodia, Lord, people in rural Australia, people in, in the major cities of this country. Father, we thank you for what you've allowed us to do, and we believe it's just the beginning. So, Father, I pray you'll bless every giver. Let them know, Lord, in their heart that what they're doing matters to you. And so, Father, I pray your blessing over them and over their home, over their life, and over their business, whether they own it or serve in it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, look, there's a lot of exciting things going on, by the way, so make sure you really keep checking out the website. It's got all the up-to-date info of what's coming up. There's a lot on this year, I know, and it's been pretty special. One of the things that we've really enjoyed uh, last month was the visit by Matt and Candice Nainby. We asked them to come because uh, we wanted to invest in our creative arts team, and they do such a wonderful job helping us to worship we wanted to do that, but we also wanted, I guess, all of us to be able to get blessed, get a little bit of cross-pollination, if you will. And so that's just been absolutely fantastic having uh, Matt and Candace and their new young baby with us as well. Uh, and so my guest today on my story is none other than the man himself, Matthew Nainby. <laughs> do, do you have a middle name, by the way? Philip. Matthew Philip. Matthew Philip, huh? Yeah. Yep. How cool is it's that? true. It's a generational middle name. Is that right? Every male on my dad's side has a middle name, Philip. Wow. Fun fact. Matt, uh, for those that don't know you very well, yep. give them a 60-second, <clears throat> here's Matt's life. Um, all right, 60 seconds. Um, let's see. My name is Matt. I'm married to uh, a wonderful lady named Candice, who mm. you know very well. I do. Um, had something to do with raising her. Just a little. Very, very much so. Um, we have a, a beautiful nine-month-old little daughter who is the best ever. She's uh -huh. so much fun. Um, born in Brisbane, 
Um, at the age of seven, my whole family moved over to Vienna, Austria, um, and my dad was working in a mission organization building radios in northern Africa and the Middle East so that they could broadcast about um, the Bible there in countries where Christianity is illegal. Um, And then the rest of the family stayed in Vienna, um, and I did school over there, moved back to Brisbane to start grade 8, did high school, involved in youth group, church, um, all throughout high school, and um, now find myself and my family planted at City Point Church in Carindale, Brisbane, Australia, Mm -hmm. and um, serving there in the creative team, the the worship team, and have the pleasure of writing for their albums and doing all that. And uh, it's great. God has blessed me very, wow. very much. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to the songwriting in just a couple of minutes, yeah. but let me just ask you about growing up in Austria because yeah, that's yeah. like, Vienna is like for us, you know, that <laughs> opera place, the elegant place, yep. historic. So it's, you yep. speak German then? Um, I used to be fluent. I've forgotten a lot of it. Okay. Um, but when we were there, yeah, we, we spoke a lot of German. Um, but it was a very, uh, I have a a lot of great memories growing up there. Definitely not the quintessential missionary (laughs) kid, you know, going to Vienna, going to the opera. It's, uh, it's, it's not really fitting that stereotype, but, um, it was a great place to grow up. It was, it was awesome. How was it for a boy from Queensland? I mean, Queensland even now is still a little bit, it's unique. Uh, <laughs> it's very unique. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm from Queensland, so I can say that. But uh, yeah. So Vienna, it's like a different world. It was a different world. Um, I was. I have never really been a sporty kid, so I feel like I kind of lucked out there. Um, it was a lot of staying indoors, which I I remember I didn't really enjoy that. But in summer, the sun didn't set until like nine ten p.m. So oh. it was like you're outside playing until like 10 o'clock because in winter, you know, it's dark at 3 p.m. Wow. in the afternoon. Um, but I loved it. It was, it was, um, the city itself, there's a, it's a very safe city. Right. Um, so you were, my parents kind of felt comfortable letting me be very independent. Um, as a, you know, 10, 11 year old, I would kind of go to a friend's house after school, catch public transport back home as long wow. as I'm back before a certain time, then, mm. then they were happy. So I think it allowed me to, you know, grow up in an environment where I knew that my parents trusted me and I could kind of work wow. within those constraints. And I was the only white kid in my grade for the entire time that I was there. So wow. um, definitely a multicultural experience that's for sure so is, is there any food from that time when you're growing up that you kind of look back and go i missed that oh great question i miss the pizza i know you can get pizza here <laughs> but it's like really? you're, you're next door to italy so of course, you yeah, know yeah. it's um there was something special you know we had a family tradition where most friday nights we would go to a pizza place near our house and it was oh, okay. just the best you know 10-year-old wow. eating cheese pizza. Wow. It's the prime of my life. <laughs> Let me jump a long way forward because yep. a lot of people wouldn't know much about your musical career. Sure. I happen to know <clears throat> that in the voting space for the Triple J Top 100, which if you're over a, a certain age, you probably <laughs> go, didn't know that was a thing. But trust me, it's, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, one of the biggest mm. things in the whole pop culture in Australia was the Triple J Top 100. And you had three songs in Mm. the voting list for that. 
um, under your your music stage kind of persona of a future junior. Future that- junior, that's right. Yeah, um, wow. So I started uh, started future junior as just sort of like a something that was a bit of fun. Um, it was on my on my list of goals for the year of, of mm. I want to write and release music and um, just to... How old were you then when this happened? Uh, I was 22. Okay. 22. Um, and I'm now almost 30, so it's a little while ago now, um, the start of the journey. Um, and I, re- I released music, just uploaded it to Spotify myself um, and, you know, made a song with some friends that I was really happy with, chucked it online. And then woke up the next morning, and overnight it had got a hundred thousand plays. Um, wow! And I re- refreshed the browser maybe like two or three times. <laughs> I was like, "How is how is this happening?" I like that's incredible. I called a friend. I was like, "Hey, can you check on your computer? Like, is showing this? Is this real?" Um, and it was, and it had got on one of Spotify's biggest playlists, which is usually, you know, held for, you know, the, it was called New Music Friday and it's basically all the new music in the whole world is aggregated into sort of 15, 20 songs and somehow the editor of this playlist stumbled across my song and said, I love this, I'm going to put this on this playlist. Wow. And um, within another sort of 72 hours, I was getting emails from record labels, um, managers from, you know, Justin Bieber's management company and um, sort of it all became this massive whirlwind Wow! from there. So, um, and then the next sort of five, six, seven years sort of played out from there. But that was kind of the first moment that it all sort of happened and wow. it was all very crazy. That is quite incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I know at one stage they were flying you to New York and to London mm. to write songs or co-write songs yep, yep. Uh, for some of the more well-known artists around the planet. Yeah, that was that was a really great experience. That was one of those, that whole trip, it was around a three-month a three month trip. One of them was probably the longest. And the whole time I, I think I was pinching myself that I'm like, this can't be real, um, sitting in studios that, you know, um, Frank Ocean wrote his album, sitting with writers who wrote, you know, Britney Spears songs, like some of the biggest, I guess, quote unquote hits of the of the wow. secular world. You're you're writing with these talented people. And I'm and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I am just some kid from Brisbane that has somehow found his his way into this world. And um yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like by the grace of God, just said each door kept opening and I just wow. kept following and following and you know, kind of led me to some crazy places like New York, London, LA, um, all of those fun, crazy, wild places. I, I feel like I should have got your autograph before this session started, you know. It's not going to be yeah. worth much. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about that. But <laughs> I just think what it, I'm always fascinated by the way God is involved in someone's mm. life, sometimes before they even knew that God was 100%. that or wanting to be that close and personal to them. Yes, yeah. And, you know, for you, obviously your your folks are believers mm. because you said that they went to Vienna yep. as a missions yeah. uh, project, really. So I know you would have grown up in a home where faith was just a part of the mm. deal, but I also know that 
you know, for some people growing up in a home where faith is part of the landscape doesn't mean that you are fully in there yourself. 100%. Yeah. Um, so for you, what was... It was definitely, yeah, definitely that was the case for me. Um, I think I have, it has been such a blessing to grow up in, in a home that values the Word of God, that, you know, um, mm. my parents are, are fantastic men and women of God, you know, mm. encouraging me always um, in the ways of God, that the Holy Spirit is always Big shout out me. to Mark and Chris, yes. by the way. Yeah. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Mum and Dad. Um, so that that is I, I'm so blessed in yeah. that, but um, I think being completely honest, I, I think it wasn't until I was probably much older, um, almost, I guess, at the tail end of, of a lot of this secular music s- stuff that I think I realized um, or came to a point where I was in a very deep, united, connected relationship with God. Wow. Um, I think it was he was a periphery um, rather than rather than my rock, you know, wow. my, the rock of my salvation. I think um, so. I think that was definitely the case, and it was, um, you know, it, it was. It's a long journey, of course, for a lot of us. But um, I think when I'm in that secular music world, I'm doing my own thing. I think I was definitely my own um, God, whether I whether I realized it or not. Um, and I, I think in hindsight, I think he used those series of events, you know, those sort of five, six, seven years of my life in order to bring me back to him. Um, you know, I think. Was there a moment with that where, you know, the temptation or the lure of all the success, because I mean, Mm. some of the names you're mentioning, uh, everyone would know these people. Mm. And there you are being told that, you know, you've got this amazing talent, this great thing, and mm. you're the next or whatever, or stick with us. And was yep. there a, a, any kind of a moment there where you go, God, you know, what will it look like if I really let you run my life? Yep. Are you still going to, am I going to get any of the good stuff? Yeah, <laughs> you know 100%, I mean? 100%. Um, great question. I think... I think for me, it was, um, I think before I got to that point, I think um, the the music industry or uh, I guess the secular music industry, like you were saying, it pumps you full of promises mm-hmm. um, and the things that it might deliver on is is next to nothing. Yeah, right. um, you know, it's, a, it's an industry where they sell you on promises um, and sort of don't follow through mm-hmm. on on the rest of anything. So I think um I think for me I think I think I got to to the point where I realized the level of emptiness wow. that was there. Um and within myself as well. So I think it was it was not um a conversation of um you know God do I if it was never a toss up of like, right. am I am I going to give my life to God and He's going to make me give up all of this, you know, mm-hmm. glamour. It was like a nothing is could ever compare wow. to the power of God mm-hmm. um, and the joy that He has filled me with. 
Um, so it was a very easy decision in that respect. Right. I think um, later after, I guess it got to the point where I was, you know, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, essentially. Um, it was that that pull of, God, I feel like mm. I'm in this this season of, I feel called to this industry. I feel like you planted me in this industry for a reason. Um, but how do I do this with your power? How do I stay in this, I guess, cyclone of, you know, life um, mm. and remain close to you? And, yeah, well, you know, um, that's such a great comment, Matt, because I think for all of us, even not looking at, say, the secular success, but even success in your Christian ministry mm. or, you know, you've travelled with the City Point mm. worship team to other nations and albums and all that stuff. And even with all of that, mm. it's very easy to lose Jesus along the way. 100%. You know, one of the stories that always intrigues me is how mm. Mary and Joseph take Jesus up to Jerusalem mm. and it says two <laughs> or three days later yeah. they realise they've lost him. Yeah. Which I think is just like, yeah, yeah. like really? Yeah. And if it had been me, I would have sent the archangel, you know, Gabriel down, the one who announced to me yeah, yeah. the birth of Jesus, you know. <laughs> I would have I would have sent him down there and said, look, we're just doing a check up on the Messiah. Yeah. How's we... everything going? Yeah. Got it all sorted. Listen, before I go, can I just chat to him? And yeah, they'd yeah. be going, yeah, sure, I'll get him for you. Joseph, just go and get Jesus. And Joseph would be going, well, I thought he was with you. <laughs> yeah. you know? but, but I've often thought of that as a metaphor for all of us, no matter who we are, mm. if we're not – we don't ever want to put our gift yep. or our ministry or yes. our whatever over our relationship with God. 100%. Uh, because the day you do that is the day that emptiness that you experienced in mm -hmm. the secular field, yep. that same emptiness can come into your soul again. 100%. Uh, that's why here uh, at Metro, whether you're on roster or not, I pray that you'll worship whether you're up on the platform or whether you're in the congregation. Mm. Mm. One of the things I've loved here is seeing some of our worship leaders who might be in the front one week and then they're in the choir the next week and yeah, there's no amazing. deal of going like, hello, but yeah. I'm a soloist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm a worshiper before I'm a gift. Yes, yes. And I think 100%. that really matters. So Yeah, I think it's so easy to, um, you know, undergo uh, a period of transformation and, you know, you have such a resolute um, – I guess, direction that you're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this for God, and God moves powerfully through that. Yeah. But it is so easy that, you know, in a year's time, you kind of take stock take and you're like, is God in this? Like, yeah, right. have I have I completely left God out of this? Mm -hmm. And I think um, particularly, well, I guess it's in any ministry, I'm mm -hmm. sure, in preaching, worship, you know, it's it's something that you can wake up one day and you're like, I've missed it. This is like mm. I've completely left God out of this, but isn't it great that he is always there just ready to be like, well, I'm ready to jump <laughs> back in if you want me. I was just thinking exactly that while you we were talking, going, well, thank God for his faithfulness yeah. because even when we drop the ball, yeah. it's like he's standing there holding it saying, when you're ready, we, yeah. can, we can go again. I think the mercy of God has got to be one of the greatest mm. of his attributes in mm. so many ways, but – yeah, I think that's so true because familiarity is the death of any relationship. 100%. You know, yeah. it's the 
whether that's a marriage, whether it's in a, a family upbringing mm. or whatever it mm. is, you know, when you start becoming familiar with the people around about you, mm. you can take them for granted. And yeah. That's not a great place to be in. But songwriting, though, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? First song I ever wrote? Yeah. Um, you can relaunch right here. I, I think the first one I ever wrote was actually a rap, and I think it was the last rap that I ever wrote too, <laughs> because you know a little white boy from Brisbane shouldn't shouldn't rap. Um, it, I think can we it, have a, can we have a little listen, a little taste? Um, you know, no. Um, I I'm here to bless, not to uh, not to dishonor everyone. Um, That's great. I think it was something about like you know my sister was taking too long in the bathroom or something like that. And I was really angsty, you know, write a real angsty rap. I was listening to a lot of DC talk at the time. So, you know, um, the power of Toby Mac. That's incredible. But yeah, it's the last rap I think I'll ever write. So when it comes to writing songs now, I mean, I, I've I've written one song my whole life, and I'm definitely not going to sing it to you. I remember <laughs> I was a worship leader, and I thought this was such a great song, you know. And yes. I remember launching it was a Wednesday night teaching meeting, and I launched this thing. And let me just say this: no one ever sang it ever again. You've just described most songwriters' journeys, <laughs> so uh, maybe the gift is lying dormant for you. Could but, be. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about that because I think when you talk about all these famous places you've been and the famous people and mm. etc. It's very easy for someone who's a part of this to think to themselves, well, that's because he's got a gift. Mm. You know, he's special. Mm. As we all tend to do, we all think somebody else's success is is yeah. It's like, well, either like they're lucky yep. or God likes them more than you. Yeah, they, they tithe more. Exactly. You know? <laughs> no, no. Yes, that'll help. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we tend to think that and we almost never understand mm the amount of work. Like uh, Candice was saying just in conversation the other day mm. about, a, was it a song? She said, I've been working on for a couple of years. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going, really? Yeah. How can it take you? Like we tend to think you sit down at the piano or something rather and, you know, you're in prayer and, the <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit goes, you know, and you yeah. go, whammo, and you write it down and it becomes a Glory world. cloud. Exactly. You know going wafting through my hair. So no, it's, it's not, not like that. Not man. like that. So what not is it like? like? That. What's it like? Um, I, everyone's songwriting process is different for sure. Um, I mean, there there is definitely, I mean, I I write songs for the, the body of Christ, the bride, very differently than I would write a pop song. Right. Um, but in an element, there are some similarities, you know, you are sitting down um, and I guess you are kind of saying, okay, what what do I feel like I want to write about? In a, in a church context, you know, I would say, God, what do you want to say to your people? Right. Um, and then you just kind of, um, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's very conversational. Um, right. It's very much like a, I might play a, a chord progression and then sort of sing a phrase or think of a phrase and then just see where it builds, you know, kind of go from there. Um, but other times it's like, uh, I guess uh, it's it's a long conversation, you know. Yeah. It's a, 
it's a, a conversation that you have over years, over decades, you know, like you would in any other relationship, wow. you know, that one that builds, one that um, is formative to um, the song itself, um, wow. but also, I guess, formative to you. Um, there's definitely been songs that I look back and I realize, wow, God used that as a vehicle for year-long discipleship in a sense where wow. he would kind of bring me back to a topic of, for example, repentance or, you know, something like that um, and kind of speak to me through that way. Wow. So it's definitely not something um, always where it's a, you know, quick five-minute conversation wow. done and dusted. It's definitely, um, I think. How do, you, how do you find your own uniqueness? Mm. You know, I think for all of us, no matter what area we serve mm, in, mm. you might be a member of the host team here and yeah. you're welcoming people. Not everyone's going to be the same. We're not, no. we're not looking for plastic faces. Yeah. So you've got to, I think no matter who you are, mm. God made you who you are. Yes, 100%. And it's great to learn from other people and to mm. listen to your Toby Max or your whoever's, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and you can learn from everybody for sure. Yeah. But there comes a point where you got to go, God, you didn't call me to be someone else. Mm. You called me to be me. Mm. Yeah. And I find most people admire other people's gifts mm. and devalue their own. 100%. So how – tell everyone how you – how do you find your unique space? How do you mm. get comfortable with saying, this is who I am, yeah. fame's not – the measure of whether there's value in my uniqueness. Yes, 100%. Mm. Um, something that I, I really learned from um, from Candice actually quite recently is, um, you know, we just had a, we just had our baby daughter and, um, you know, for any parents who have had a baby, you know that there is a period where after you've had a baby, there's quite a big recovery mm. um, for a lot of women, you know, mm. you're kind of looking after the baby and things like that. And she said something to me. She said, um, visibility is not the same as value. Wow. Um, and that was something that she was kind of realizing. Because you know, she was staying home Because a lot she was more. staying at yeah. home. And we, we've come from a, a season where most weeks we are uh, ministering at church, you know, whether it's, um, you know, songwriting or, mm. you know, on a Sunday um, and it's very easy to fall into that mindset of, well, because I'm not seen, because I'm not having everyone, you know, essentially affirm me mm -hmm. that that means I'm not valuable. Wow. Um, so I think that's, I think that's a really key lesson that, right. um, vis visibility does not equal value, wow. um, which kind of allows you to be freed of that idea that I need to be seen in mm -hmm. order for my uniqueness and my gift to be seen. Wow. Um, but um, on the flip side of that, I think uniqueness needs to be fostered um, and discovered within community. Wow. Um, That's so powerful. That you need to find out who you are and how God has gifted you um, within the context of unity. Yeah, right. Um, and that your gift can encourage someone else. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing that you need to look for. You need wow. to look for what is something that I have yeah. that is encouraging whether a specific person, mm. you know, in a, in a band context, it's like, um, 
if if I've got a, a song that I'm singing, you know, is there a gift that I have that is blessing the congregation? Um, and if there's something that, that I think that I'm like, I'm hot stuff. Can I, can I ask you about that? Because there yeah. must have been some moment where you've written a song or – and you think, yeah, this is amazing, hundred <laughs> percent. And um, yeah, they're gonna love this. Yeah, and they don't love it. Yeah, yeah, and they don't even want to sing it. Yeah, and it doesn't get up. Yeah, definitely. And I always think that those kind of moments, they're really crucial because how you handle those moments, mm, yeah, is pretty important. Yeah. But you nodded, so I'm guessing you've had that where you've written. I think a... I think every creative really? has had an experience where. Um, you know, whether it's uh, you're being delusional or what, you know, it's uh, you like this. How dare they not like my song? Exactly. God gave me that this song. This is God breathed. <laughs> this is for the nations. This is going to be the new um, joy to the, you know, whatever. Yeah, shout to the Lord. Yeah, shout to the Lord. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I, 100%. I think um, that definitely happens. Um, and if you're, and the amount of times that I've written those songs and, um, our team, what we do is is our songwriters write a song, we bring it to the team, and then we usually jam it all together and kind of see how it feels. At the end of the night, we all get to say, okay, how's that feel? Are we going to bring it to the church? Are we going right. to, you know, what happens from here? And there have been moments where I've, I've played this song, I've played, played this little <laughs> demo, and and you kind of look up after just being in, in, you're in the throne room of heaven and you open your eyes and the team are like, Everyone's just like kind of looking at the floor, like no one wants to say anything. <laughs> and I'm like, so what do you think? And I was like, "Hey, loved loved your heart, loved your heart." <laughs> dead, dead like, what right about right. the song? And then, um, but yes, definitely have been in those um, in those environments, and it's very easy. You know, the the knee jerk mm. reaction is to be like, hmm, "They don't get it. Yeah. They don't get the anointing on my song." Exactly. I'm not going to cast my pills before swine. Exactly, hundred <laughs> um, percent. So it's definitely easy, and and have those feelings of, um, I guess, being unwanted. I, I think the devil uses oh, yeah. um, those scenarios for. Yeah. I guess for all of us, but particularly for creatives, probably more than more than anything. I don't know, Matt, because I've seen so many people over the years who've got offended, and it wasn't over a song they wrote. It could mm. just be someone sat in their seat, or the seat they're used to sitting in, or yeah, sure. you know, someone never said hello, yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. And you look at that, and I've watched people lose their mm. entire walk with God yeah. over something so very small. Mm. Because they'd never learned how to allow, mm. how to walk through either mm. correction mm. or, you know, a space. Because I, I actually think that God will allow you to be in places where your heart and your motive gets tested. 100%. He wants to, and I think he allows that 100%. not to hurt us nor to judge no. us. I think he allows yep. it to grow us. 100%. And it's pretty sad if you get in that space, mm. I think there are more people no longer in church, no mm. longer walking with God in the way they used to mm. because they got offended somewhere. I agree. I think mm. um, I think offense and I think rejection can, you yeah. kind of have two pathways. You can wow. either let it root in bitterness um, yeah, and well. then, and, you know, we all know how deep that root can go. Yeah. Um, or it can allow you to... Um, I guess have a moment where you are honest with yourself mm. before God, um, and I think 
in moments myself where I've had um, a chance to be really offended, um, to be very much like, I guess, I'm in the right, they are in the wrong. Um, God has graciously shepherded me to realize, hey, you are not in alignment with um, the heart of Christ, mm. um, which is hard, which is yeah. like, like totally. it is unpleasant in totally. every sense of the word. Which is why we don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Totally. But it is so formative um, because it gets you right back on track. It's I, funny, hey, because it's a bit like I think, you know, God says we're his children. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all think of that as some different, unique space, but you've just got a little baby, nine yes. and a half months old. And as she grows into the next few years, you yep. start to discover little, you know, sulks and little things. And, but <laughs> they're a part windows. of growing, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I think um, I think it, it's very easy to um, – it is very easy to get offended. And I think the devil uses offense to really squash someone's future. Wow, that's um, great. I think I mean, that's that not great. That's, yeah, yeah, that's it's a great all, point. It's awful. I mean. um, yeah, yeah. But I think that is one of the main tools that he uses to oh, destroy wow. gifts, giftings, wow. callings. Wow. Um, it's it's the constant speaking of um, and opportunities to become offended, to become wow. bitter. Um, and I, I don't think that that will ever that's some, that's just a, a constant, I think. He, I think, I think you it's know? been a very successful strategy for Ex- him, which yeah. is why he yeah. kind of keeps going to his main exactly. game. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, if I can get you to get distracted, yeah. if I can get you to get upset, yeah. then, hey, you know, you get exactly. sidelined every time. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But I think that's where having that, that foundation of God's Word um, mm. and knowing what God is saying in those situations mm. to say, like, you know, hey, I'm aligning with Christ. I need to come back to the Word of God. Um, I need to know that mm. God loves that person just as much as He loves me, mm. whether or not they are in the right, they're mm. in the wrong, um, and have the humility of Christ wash over you always and, and walk in that, um, I think is just is something that's, that's necessary for all of us. That's a huge thing you've just said there about humility because, again, you probably don't get that in the secular sphere where you were. No. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like if the, you do, it's completely fake. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you kind of get told how amazing you are, and you're mm. the next best, and we're going to make you this, and all the rest yep. of that. And and the but the spirit of Christ, as you said, is completely the opposite <laughs> of that. Which yep. again comes back to that point you made about community, mm. and while we need one another, yeah. Otherwise, you know, the the person all wrapped up in themselves is a very small parcel. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, when when you build your foundation on yourself, you're effectively building, you know, a, a tower of you know mm. those like models that you use in high school, like spaghetti and things yeah, like right, that. Yeah. And it just takes that one second, and you are completely crumbled. Wow. Um, but for me, in in that community context, I have a lot of friends and people that I trust wow. that can, you know, come to me and say, you're, you're building a spaghetti tower right now. Wow. Um, and if you're not careful, like you're going to come crashing down. Wow. So why don't you come down? Why don't you like back here on the, on the rock? Um, and let's, let's build together. That's um, great. And I'm very thankful for those. Type of I'll people. bet you are. Yeah. Well, one more question because time gets away, but 
Can I just ask you about the whole Christian, I don't want to call it the Christian worship scene, but sure. you know what I mean by that phrase, yeah. you know. You know, some of us grew up in times where hymns of yesterday were yeah. so amazing, you know, a mighty yeah. fortress is our God wrote, whoever yeah, yeah. was who wrote it, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then we've seen lots of other songs come. Mm. Do you see any things on the horizon that you think, I think that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do for the church mm. in the days to come? That is a, that is a massive question. Um, I think it's been such an interesting um, probably decade, decade or two, I guess, for the Christian um, genre, I mm -hmm. guess, because it has developed into into a genre of its own, you know, <laughs> it's um, true. through the um, acceleration of, you know, things like Spotify, even iTunes back, wow. you know, a little while ago. Um, there has been the ability to have a song that the Holy Spirit breathes upon to spread like wildfire. Yeah. Um, but also in the same sense, there has just been a lot more easy access for someone who might want to write a song uh -huh. um, who just, you know, has some Christian lyrics in there and it can still spread and bless people and things like that. But maybe mm. it's not, um, it is more of just like, the songwriting process of more of a secular song. Right. It's um, so I think there is an interesting mix that's going on right now. But I think all in all, what I feel like the Holy Spirit is doing across the globe is He's coming to all of these songwriters, and I think He's really calling everyone to say, "Hey, I want you to write for the local church." Well, um, that's what I feel anyway. And, and talking to a lot of other friends. Um, you know, over in the States and things like that, there seems to be this calling of like, I need to equip the the place where I'm planted. I, I need to provide the words of worship um, to the congregation, to to my family members sitting in the pews every week to, to really connect into a new level of worship because I think that is going to be the catalyst for, um, you know, God willing, uh, a new revival that breaks wow. out um, over this planet, wow. um, allowing those, you know, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers to have those new words mm. of worship in their mouth that they can sing over their families, wow. um, in their houses, in their cars, that births something new, a fresh, fresh move of God. Worship's a lifestyle, isn't it? It's not, a, it's not 20 or 30 minutes on a Sunday 100%. or in a service. It's yeah. And whether you're a singer or not, yeah. you know, and a lot of people aren't, they're not, they don't enjoy singing. And I always say to them, look, <laughs> there's a reason why the Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The yeah. Lord would rather, <laughs> it's, well, it's the same with like, you know, your kids or for me now, grandchildren, you're not, you know, it's not a, a singing competition or yeah. a creative competition. Yeah. You love it because it's your child or your grandchild, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's why you love it. And I think yeah, 100%. I really do think God feels the same way when we worship him. It's not like going, well, actually, I've, I've heard better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that chorus, you know, that melody. Hmm, Call that a bridge. You know, you know uh, Cody Carnes, he <laughs> nails it. You don't really do as well as him. It is 100% true. It yeah. really is about that heart posture. Totally. Um, and... Yeah, I think um, 
me personally, I think that's that's something that uh, I'm excited for. I guess going into a new season is um, when Candice and I are writing together. It's it's sitting down. And it's like we just want to write to our friend Jesus. Wow. Um, and you know, um, effectively without being you know too wishy washy, it's like I want to write a love song to Jesus because yeah, well. of everything that He's done to me. Yeah, well. um, and for me. So wow. that's cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Listen, before uh, we wrap this up, I, I want to take you back because I thought it was such an important point you made about community mm. and about the things that break that down because this is not a my story about songwriting or it's not a, a, a workshop in how to do worship songs yeah. or whatever else. Every single one of us, no matter who we are mm. and whether you are a person who loves praise and worship or whether it's the mm. part of the service that you enjoy the least, uh, well, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I think realistically, yeah, that's for some people is where it's at. Yeah, I know that for all of us in life, community is every one of us. Mm. You know, nobody, yeah. there's no such thing as the solo Christian. Mm-mm. There's no lone ranger believers. No. God puts the solitary in families, it says. And so every one of us there, and yet mm. I also know that in that because we're all human, Jesus is perfect, mm. nobody else is. Yes. So he always gets it right. He yeah. always says the right thing. He always says it at the right time. Yeah. The rest of us yeah. can say the wrong things at the wrong time pretty easily. Very easily. Um, and I wonder if I could ask you to pray for people who may be just stuck mm. for a bit because a disappointment, an offense, and some yeah. of those things can be huge. And you can kind of look Massive. at them and hear the story and go, I totally understand why you're where you are. Yes. And yet, whether it's small or large, the journey mm. of uh, forgiving yeah. and the journey of receiving forgiveness are exactly the same. Mm. You don't kind of get to say, yeah, but my problem was way big. Yeah. And so I don't have to forgive. Yeah. I think the bigger it is, the more important it is mm. that we Definitely. get there. So if I could just ask you to pray for people like that, Love then I want to just chat for a moment with people who maybe they've never asked Jesus to be their savior. And mm, you've great. already talked about how deeply impacting that was for you. Mm. And we can tell from hearing you that the, wellspring now for you is a different space. Mm. You know, the whereas before it was out of a a place of gift and talent Mm. and just, well, hello, that's who I am. And all that, now it's a completely different heart behind it. Mm. So anyway, if you would pray for people, that would be great. Thanks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Lord, we come before you right now as children. Lord, we just, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you cherish us so deeply. Lord, we just pray that you would, right now in this moment, wrap your hands around hearts that might be hurting, hearts that might be broken, hearts that might be frayed, Father, hearts that may be beaten down by things that people have said, offensive things, hurtful things, Father. Lord, we just pray right now that you would just start to reform people's hearts, people's souls, people's minds right now, Lord. Lord, that you would give us a heavenly perspective of how you see those people. Lord, that you would give us a heavenly perspective of how you see us Mm -hmm. as valuable children of God that you made, that you created, that you formed. Mm -hmm. Lord, would you do a new work in our hearts, Lord, I just pray against any work of the enemy 
that is coming to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. Lord, we, we break that right now, Father. Lord, we break those agendas that's trying to rob people of their destiny, their God-given calling. Mm-hmm. Right now, we just speak to that agenda of Satan, and we just say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, would you cease that? Lord, we just pray for a reforming of people's uh, dreams, Lord, that offense mm. would, would get out of the way mm. so that they can walk in the God-given dreams that, that you have given them, Father. Lord, we pray for new humility, mm. new humility in every heart right now. Lord, we just want to keep our eyes on you first mm. and foremost. Lord, would you... Would you Grow the seeds of forgiveness in our hearts, Lord. Mm. Lord, we're, we're sorry if we held on to those, to those bitter comments too long. We surrender that to you right now, mm. Father. We give you our heart right now, Father. Mm. Have your way. Yeah. In your name, amen. Amen. Thanks for praying for that, Matt. Uh, some of you maybe are a part of this service. You might be saying to yourself, well, Jesus seems so far away from me, and I wish he was closer. I know that uh, for me as a young man, I really felt like I would have liked to have known God. I just looked at the people I knew that were Christians, and they seemed to be so much better than me and spiritually in that kind of way. I, I mean, genuinely, <laughs> I kind of felt like, well, maybe maybe it's just not ever going to work for me. Yeah. Maybe other people can make this happen, but I can't. And then I remember having an encounter with the presence of God. It wasn't Mm. actually a denomination or a church that I went to or I knew of, uh, but I remember very, very clearly being impacted by the worship and by the presence of God that was in that place. And in the being aware of it, I somehow rather without, I couldn't have put it into words like this, I can now, Mm. (laughs) but I became aware that the mere fact that he was there meant that he loved me. Yes. And that he would receive me. Yeah. And so I made a commitment to follow Jesus. I really didn't know a whole lot. There was a whole lot of things I didn't know. I was fairly naive about a whole lot. But, you know, God, by his great grace and by his gentleness, there's a scripture that says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, Mm. you know, that he leads us gently. Mm. And I found that to be so true. I found God to be a more wonderful companion, a greater friend than any human I've ever known. Mm. Because he knows me perfectly, and yet even though he knows me and knows my faults and my failings, my mistakes, he never once holds those against me. Yeah. The Bible says he's blotted out, it says in Romans, the handwriting of ordinances against us. Mm. In other words, all the list of all the things you've done, all that stuff, you can remember most of it. And, it, and the Bible says he blotted all that out. You can't even read it anymore. You can hold it up to the light and you can't see it. And I just look at that and I think, what a great, great gift the forgiveness of God is. And if you are hearing this and you go, I need that forgiveness in my life, let me tell you, all you've got to do is say to Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm saying yes to the future you have for me. I'm saying yes to you coming into my life. And I know that if you will give him that yes, I know he'll start walking with you in a very real and a very powerful way. And uh, you will see up on the screen for you there right now a number where you can send us your yes text. That's just simply texting YES to that number. If you're outside of Australia or you'd like to get our help via email, then the email address there, the number is 0488 826 392. The email 
for you to receive, you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au and we would love to send you every single day a Bible verse and a prayer. They're different every day, by the way, and they're totally free <coughs> without any strings attached at all. We just want to help you. We'll start praying for you when we get your yes. You go, but Jeff, you don't even know my name. I go, mm. no, I don't, mm. but that's okay. God does, mm. uh, and he will powerfully touch your life. So let me just pray for you if you're giving him your yes today. Lord Jesus, thank you for these people that you desperately love. You died for them. How much greater love could ever be expressed than that, that you died for us while we were yet sinners. You died for us. So Lord, I pray for these beautiful people. I pray, Lord, that today they'll be aware of your great presence and just have an openness like Matt did to say, Lord, I'm going to let you be in charge of my life. It'll be a good thing and it'll be a great thing. So, Father, I pray for them. Thank you for that yes they're sending through to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 There it is again, 0488826392, yes.metrochurch.org.au. We'd love to hear from you and we will be praying for you. And by the way, you're always welcome here at any service of Metro. Join with us online. We're there every single week. We would love to be able to um, I guess get to know you a little bit better like we have done today with Matthew Philip Nainby <laughs> thanks uh, how cool no, what an <laughs> amazing story and thank you for sharing because I just think so much of what you've said applies to every single one of us mm. thank you for your investment into people some of whom I might never ever meet some of the mm. places that God will take you and Candace. Uh, well done. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of Thanks my story so here at Metro Church. Pleasure. Thanks. God bless. Jeff. Thanks. See you somewhere soon.